Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy. Oh, oh my god. Ugh. I almost just burned down my house. Magic is powerful. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I'm your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jerry. Me. What's up, Jerry? Uh, I'm I'm confused, Pat. Um, I I feel weird. I just saw the trailer for the live action Pokemon movie starring Ryan Reynolds, and I don't know how right, I feel. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, I feel a lot of complex like, emotions right now. <laughs> Did anyone ask for a live-action Pokemon movie? <laughs> no. Also, I, I don't know what's going on with Ryan Reynolds' career right now because I saw... What are you talking about? He's on fire. Yeah, but he, right? I also saw him. He's doing, like, commercials for cell phone games. Like, he did he did a commercial for, like, the new Candy Crush. <laughs> yeah, but, though, dude, though, you know there is some good money in those commercials, man. <laughs> like, it's just real confusing. I mean, uh, my friend Dan pointed out Ryan Reynolds has gone from apparently, like, the outcast of the nerd community to the hero with, like, Deadpool, and now he's playing Pikachu. Like, all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people are going to go crazy for it. I, I, I mean, I saw the trailer. I don't really feel strongly either way. I don't really have any interest in seeing it, but I'm sure it'll be great because Ryan Reynolds is great. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We're like, he's the Marlon Brando of our generation. I, I hope they give Pokemon the Deadpool treatment. Like, I, <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Something tells me that's not going to happen. Ryan Reynolds is Pikachu just straight up murking other, other Pokemon. <laughs> um, all right, so let's see. Before we go too far on a tangent on the... Uh, on the live-action Pokemon movie. We do have the Christmas charity drive that's going on. Um, I'm actually going to post some playmats today on the Facebook page, which would be uh, earlier this week for everyone who's listening on Friday. Um, but I'll post those up. We'll do them um, auction style. And uh, you know what we're going to do? No, fuck it, fuck it. We're going to do a raffle style. Oh my that's God, can we please do an auction style? I am not. <laughs> like, the, I, I feel the playmats people are just going to want to just bid on, like not just dragged out raffles. No, yeah, because like, but then if people bid on multiple playmats and they don't plan on winning... Multiple playmats, it might be you a bid, a you bid on them, what so. you plan on paying for. Uh, you, ex- I mean, you, ex- you, I you bid on I what think you it's easier just, to win. I think it, well, I have some like funky ones that are kind of like not the greatest. I don't think we're gonna get a lot of people who want to. Makes you think we're looking at my raffle them. tickets for shitty playmats. <laughs> well, then you're only putting a buck towards a playmat that you don't really want instead of ten dollars or fifteen dollars. Right. You know. You, I don't know. I, I like the ra- I think the raffle's a lot more fun. Anyway, I'm, we can raffle I'm sticking them off. to the dual lands. You can handle your play mats. <laughs> I'll, right. ha- I'll handle the high end merchandise. <laughs> all right. I mean, it's all going to a good cause. So I just want- and also I want to get them out of my house, so it's like it's like win win. <laughs> um, so we have that coming up. We'll be doing that this week. Um, of course, we have the uh, the Leaving a Legacy 5K or the Leaving a Legacy Open, as we're referring to it. Um, that is this Saturday, the 17th. Really excited for that. Um, so check the Facebook page. You got the trophies. And if up. you're not going to, it's, it's actually yeah, tomorrow. Trophies are people, up. People listening to this right. right now, the event is tomorrow. That's right. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. Um, if you're not going to make it, you can find the uh, event. We'll be streaming it live. Uh, Twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. Uh, it doors open at 11. Player meeting is at noon. It's $40 entry, guaranteed 2K, but it's probably going to be a 3.5K because that's what the last one was. Uh, if not, if not, we we I would love to beat that if possible. Um, we have some really cool things going on. We have actual like 
uh, some headhunter stuff going on. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, we're giving away packs and whatnot, so it'll be a, it'll be a lot of fun. So check it out, please. Um, the link will be in the show notes for all that. And if you can make it, come show up and play some Magic. Oh yeah, someone was mentioning the other day that they like rented an Airbnb or coming up. So you got people coming from Sick. far and wide. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great to hear. I'll tell you, I'm I'm like really excited about about uh, the LAL, but I don't want to talk about any other tournaments right today i think i think today we could just talk about the open we'll talk about what we expect to see you know who we hope to see there we can talk about the last open pat, i don't think i want to talk about any other legacy for any other legacy tournaments right pat now. don't you remember i told the intern because he did well he could come <laughs> on and tell everyone about how he's doing and it was his birthday a little we, we didn't get him anything from the office party for uh for his birthday oh, no. so we kind of do we get him a cake no no we we Ooh. didn't get him a cake so the receptionist really dropped the ball yeah. on that one i mean that's not on us no. we can't be expected to, to get a no, cake no but that's, i mean that's the receptionist's like, job look in his puppy dog eyes and tell him no so <laughs> i told i told cyrus he could come on and uh and uh lay, lay some snack down for us all i can see are his puppy dog eyes cuz he's sitting in a dark room right now only illuminated by his computer screen so <laughs> He looks like uh, he looks like the face in uh, what's that movie Saw? Well, he's, where he's like torturing people. To he's death? also sitting in front of an open closet, so every time he moves his head, <laughs> I keep expecting there to like someone be there, <laughs> like holding uh, an axe or something. Have you? Oh, all right. Speaking of, well, first of all, we, I guess we can introduce our guest now. <laughs> we probably should do that. We've, we all obviously have Cyrus CG on. What's going on, Cyrus? How you doing, man? Hello, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's favorite leaving a legacy intern. <laughs> Cyrus, how you been, man? Oh, I've been so good. I mean, it would have been a lot better if I was the uh, Legacy World Champion, but <laughs> I'm, I'm doing okay, all things considered. I, I, I will say I was I was rooting for you, Cyrus, but I did. I breathed the sigh of relief because I'm like, ah, oh, we don't have to get a new intern now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know but, the the price the the prize differential between first and second place for that tournament is insane. Oh yeah, we we both get the same amount of store credit, but they get a painting they can sell for like ten thousand dollars <laughs> and, and like a plane ticket to Europe. And I we but and they gave me like a, like a deck box and sleeves. <laughs> no. They gave me like a black lotus playmat, but not like a special Eternal Weekend one. Like what you could just like they have the same one at my local game store. There's like, over twenty like, bucks in the store. You, it's like insulting to even give this to me. Oh no. Oh, uh, that uh, that hurts. Yeah, I'm sorry, buddy. It was it was so close. Uh, you definitely won uh, fan favorite for the cast. I I watched some of the uh, the replays, and they were like chanting your name in the uh, in the uh, Twitch chat. Oh yeah, it was very. The chat was very lopsided in favor of Cyrus CG, without a doubt. Well, I think the last time I came on, I talked about how I feel like Magic needs interesting characters, and I, I'm nothing if not an interesting character. <laughs> like, it I don't is know true. If, if you guys have ever had the pleasure of seeing me play Paper Magic, but oh my god, I talk so much. I don't know how anyone <laughs> plays against me. It's like it's like I, I talk the entire like you're trying to resolve a brainstorm. And I'm asking you like deep personal questions. <laughs> and you're just like I don't know, dude. Just let me play Magic. No one ever tells me to shut the fuck up. But I just like what are your hopes and dreams as I resolve this brainstorm? Yeah. <laughs> That's think- actually how you made it so far. Your opponents were just like, Judge, I scoop. <laughs> No, I think I have a huge mental edge over people because I talk so much and there's no way they can play. And they think I'm like this nice guy and then I'm just like, oh, also here's a bunch of dark rituals. 
<laughs> you lure them into a false sense of security and then storm on their face. <laughs> yeah, as, as Wilson put it, I lay down the hammer. <laughs> oh my god, excellent, excellent. So yeah, uh, elephant in the room. You you crushed uh, not just legacy but also vintage. You made pretty far in vintage as well. I remember. Yeah, and I played a just terrible vintage deck. <laughs> Didn't you have Dark Rituals in your vintage deck? Yeah, that's why I played it. I played Dark Petition Storm, which is like... Isn't that so just a that... bad... Uh, what's the... Co- uh, Paradox, Paradox Alapa. Yeah, Alapa. Isn't that just a bad PO deck? <laughs> yeah, it would be kind of like if you showed up to a Legacy tournament playing Tess when Cabal Ritual is legal. <laughs> it's, like, it's the equivalent of playing DPS. Like, It's just like slower and less resilient and like worse than PO in every way, but people have no idea how to play against it. So my first six rounds, I just was destroying people. And then I got paired against people that knew what was going on, and I lost all my matches. I did beat Legacy Moonstompy round nine, though, to set myself Damn. up for a win and in. Like, as in Vintage, to be clear. Like, they were playing... They went turn one basic mountain and go, and I was like, what is this? Hell yeah. So... Uh, I mean, we'll talk. Well, let's touch on vintage real quick because I know a couple of our listeners are uh, always hungry for vintage uh, talk. Uh, how did you? How did you feel playing in the uh, the vintage side of the tournament? Oh man, it was just amazing. Um, did you? Card Titan, Titan just does a really good job. I think that event is is primarily a vintage event. You know, it's like the oh, pro yeah. tour for the vintage players. And yep. um, we can get into the legacy event later. I know there was a lot of concerns about last year's event. Um, we could talk yeah, about maybe I'm how really, I think that compares. I'm interesting. I, yeah, I'm really interesting to see how this year turned out. I kind of heard things from both sides, uh, and then it took forever to get deckless up. But that's pretty much all I know about the the running of it. So I'm I'm interested to hear your kind of firsthand uh, experience of it. But yeah, I mean, it is like you said, the pro tour for vintage players. Like the reason why people go to Eternal Weekend is to play their vintage decks. I will say, I had an amazing time. I played against some great people. If you look at the the standings, I actually had the best breakers of anyone in the tournament. My opponents had a 70% uh, match win percentage. So, like, two of my opponents top aided and one missed out on breakers. And one of my opponents won the budget prize, things like that. So, um, I had a great time. I thought they did a great event. It's amazing playing with all those old cards. Um, I think, yeah, I just all my opponents were great. I got to play against Rich Shea. Uh, I got to play against Cosmo Quack. I got to meet, I mean, members of the Vintage community are great. Brian Kelly, all of them. So I had a really great time and I was excited to be there. I, I wasn't really expecting to do that well in Vintage, uh, but it was really nice. I was started off 6-0, so I was the one seed going in around 7. Um, and I was running pretty hot and then the wheels kind of fell off and I needed to go 2-2 to top 8. And uh, in four of my next six games in order to top 8, my opponents had Black Lotus in their opening hand. Um, I hear that's good which, vintage. <laughs> so the problem with Dark Petition Storm is you're the most consistently broken deck um, that's not like Dredge because you basically are always killing on turn two or three through disruption and you have like a lot of really powerful cards but you have no way to stop your opponent when they do their powerful things because you're not playing forcible. So like I got turned two twice on camera for my winning in. Like my opponent went Lotus, Soul Ring, Notion, Thief, Time Twister. Discard your hand, I'll draw 14 cards. And I was like, all right, well, I don't have forcible. You got me. So... <laughs> um, that sounds that yeah. sounds pretty good. I li- I like that play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a heartbreaker, but I know you know uh, Mike Mike asked me about it afterwards. Mike Noble and I just told him, "Well, I'm here to play the Legacy event, so I can't be too bummed that I went seven and three in Vintage." So, yeah, true, true. Uh, do you own power, or did you borrow it, or? No, I was in a very lucky position that someone let me power and Library of Alexandria um, for the event. Nice. So, because I DPS is basically Legacy Storm. 
um, plus power, and then like random hundred dollar card. Like I had a I have a Teleron Academy, some Yagmas bargains, a Yagmas will, obviously cards like that, Necropotence. Um, but if you own Legacy Storm, you're you're pretty close to owning Vintage Storm minus the power in the library. Minus ninety percent of the cost. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I was walking around with a, a fifty thousand dollar deck in my backpack, and considering yeah. I t- do not have fifty thousand dollars in my bank account, it was very stressful. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, borrowing something that you cannot afford to replace. <laughs> I mean, my life would be ruined. I have no idea what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you imagine? Like, I'm I'm honestly waiting for the day for there to be like a freaking like heist at a <laughs> at a uh, tournament. Like, you have all this money. Can you imagine a guy like guys? bank heist it's like they're like oh this is an easy target they just come in like rob all the vendors it's all laying out even if they don't take people's decks like i'm i'm surprised at the amount of money involved in in these events and how little security there is yeah there was some concern about that i know that some players tweeted about how they're not going to go to the event because power has just become too expensive to risk it and they're just going to sell their power um I think the card Titan does do a, a pretty good job of security. They make an effort to have security, whereas other events don't necessarily. I don't know to what extent, but they, they at least try. So, um. yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, also, I don't think it's like anything a TO could handle. Like, we're talking like bank level security. Like, there, there's yeah. was clearly millions of dollars in very non traceable liquid assets. <laughs> we need Pat there to defend us. Pat, Pat will mess up some some robbers. He'll clothesline them, drop the hammer. Oh yeah. Oh I wanna fight someone so bad. It's gonna happen in the tournament one day. No, don't don't fight anyone in the tournament. You'll kill uh, them. Next week halfway through coverage. What, what are you gonna do? Ban me from magic? I don't I don't even play now, so <laughs> you still get to play moto, which is all you do. So <laughs> Halfway through coverage, Patches body slams Wilson onto the table. Oh. <laughs> Wilson would probably like that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's get into the meat and potatoes here. Let's talk about the legacy side of things. Uh, who, who Tell us, like, I mean, you, you probably had your deck uh, well in place long ago, but were there any kind of last-minute changes, anything like that? I had no idea what I was going to play. Um, <laughs> I mean, like, I I, th- I thought I was going to play Storm for obvious reasons. Uh, right. But my 75, I was like, wow, I have no... Like, I 5-0'd, like, I 5-0, 10-0'd with a list the night before the tournament or two nights before the tournament, and I did not play anything close to that list. Um, basically what happened is I couldn't decide what to play, and then R- Rodrigo Tagoras messaged me, and he's like, why don't you just play my list and stop being stupid, basically. And I was like, <laughs> I was like that's a pretty reasonable thing to say, and... Um, I don't know when like Rodrigo ships you a list. Usually play it like Eternal Week in Asia. Rodrigo shipped that person a list. They won the event. Uh, Eternal Week in Europe, the vintage portion. Rodrigo shipped them a list. They won the vintage portion. Jeez. And I was like, well, this guy's pretty good at decks with Tendrils of Agony in him, so I'm gonna listen to him. And uh, I changed one card. He told me to play Fatal Push, and I played a second Chain of Vapor, so I could go mm-hmm. two chains. And it, that's the only reason <laughs> that I that I did that. I, I just wanted to say two chains a lot during of, the event. Wor- hashtag worth it. Of course, subpar yeah. deck designs for meme value is is the core. <laughs> the core two chains got a few on. <laughs> Jerry's made a living off that motto. So. <laughs> yeah, he's like, hey, I top ended an open with Delver, but what if I only ever forever played <laughs> meme <Tegan> jokes? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sums up my entire career. <laughs> Um, oh man yeah so uh and then i was like feeling okay about the list i i I mean storm is always kind of the same shell because the deck is so broken that it hasn't changed in a long time minus the pro ban like the the deck i play is like within like four cards of ari lax's like 2010 ant list um but in the main deck uh so i got to the tournament and then i jumped into 
so I f- took the red eyes. So I left Halloween night from California, uh, midnight, got there, hadn't showered, slept, brushed my teeth or anything, jumped in a grinder, 5.010 of the grinder, and I was like, all right, I'm playing this list, I guess. Gotta buy. So um, that's why I decided to play that list. Nice. And it felt really good. Yeah. Um, so let's run it down uh, for the people at home here. Uh, 15 lands, one bayou, one blade, uh, bloodstained mire, two islands, three misty rainforest, four polluted delta, one snow-covered swamp. Why the snow-covered, Cyrus? Okay, so um, Turbo Depth sometimes plays into the north, and uh, I I feel like there's a, non, a non-zero number of games where you just go, like, snow-covered swamp duress or thought season to, like, bayou do something, maybe. Um and so I, I was doing that kind of just as a joke initially, and then I just kept winning a lot with it, and it's become, like, I feel like one of my signature cards. So it's, like, the only non-foil card in my deck, or, like, besides, like, the duels and LEDs. That, it's the only card that can be foiled that's not in my deck. Because um, oh, I just like it. So I see. So you're basically playing Snow-Covered Swamp in the hopes that your opponent will put you on Turbo Depths instead of Storm? Yeah, I've had a few games where people, like, pondered into Plow after I went, like, Snow-Covered Swamp to rescue. Um, huh. And then they go to their tournament. I just think that it's like a free thing to do. <laughs> that's that's. And there's no reason not to do it. And I, I have one. Like I once beat um, Death and Taxes because I went turn one Snow Covered Swamp to rescue. And then they didn't play a turn two Thalia, so they could leave up Wasteland. Um, and I just killed them because I thought I was maybe going to try and combo uh, as Turbo Depths. So <laughs> that's uh, that's like next yeah. leveling because you are basically putting your opponent on being smart enough to recognize that you are making opening lines similar to that of Turbo Depths. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it's free to do so, and also, there's not really a swamp. Like, I love the art of my island. Like, I play, like, the arena promo beta island that's foil. I love that island. But there's not a swamp I really like, and I really like the Ice Age snow-covered swamp, and I have it signed, and, um, yeah, I think it's just cool. And it's just, it's free to do so. I think it's a mistake to play a swamp if you're pl- in, in Legacy if you're not playing a snow-covered. You should play a snow-covered Yeah, one, it's, it's true. I mean, there are no downsides to playing snow-covered basics in Legacy. That I, can, I'm, I mean, I'll take that back. I'm sure there is some. There is some Legacy legal card that could make it a downside, but you are not going to run into it. <laughs> yeah, there, there's hate cards for it, but I've, I've never had it come up. Um, so, okay. So, yeah. I, I thought it was just for meme value. Uh, I thought it was some more meme, meme-tastic action, but actual r- real reasons for it. I played the Snow-Covered Swamp Mirror. I played against someone that went Snow-Covered Swamp to rest me on feature match, like, round five. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Where is, it's the mirror. And they played Into the North. And I was like, you're the reason I do this. This is so exciting. And then I kill him. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, felt so, I felt so validated. Oh, man. So uh, Snow-Covered Swamp, two underground sea, one volcanic island uh get into the business end of the deck one ad nauseum four brainstorm four cabal ritual one dark petition uh four dark ritual three duress four infernal tutor two past in flames four ponder four preordain one reign of filth one tendrils of agony four thought seas and then rounding off the mana spells four lion's eye diamond four lotus petal this feels like a pretty stock uh stock uh storm list yeah, I can talk about the things that make it a little different if you'd like. Yeah. Um, it is stock. I mean, I am basically, like, Rodrigo and I are, like, the people who work on the stock list, so it, it looks stock because... Because <laughs> you, you have made it so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it looks stock because you you and Rodrigo have made it so. <laughs> yeah, like, post-pro post, post, post pro band, I, like, developed the sideboard guide that's, like, pinned on the ant group and everything. 
Um, so I'm playing two basics this weekend. Uh, I didn't play the set, the tropical island. Um, the reason being, I don't know. Rodrigo told me to. I, I don't know. It, <laughs> it doesn't. It, it's for the like, against the wasteland decks. It makes it so you can cast your Equine Truth and Hercules recalls off three basics through a Sphere effect, like or Thalia effect is the reason. Um, I'm still not 100 percent sold on it. I kind of like to bring in a Breath Decay against wasteland decks. Uh, it, it gives you some more cyborg space, but we can talk about that later. Uh, and then I played one Dark Petition rather than two. At Richmond, I played two. Um, so Dark Petition is really good when you're just trying to race, and it's like a bunch of non-blue decks. But um, Miracles has become really, really popular, and so is Grixis Control. And um, Pass and Flames is just insane against those decks, so I added a second Pass and Flames. Um, because like if, it, it just basically reads like win the game against any blue deck game one, because there's no graveyard interaction in the format anymore. And if you draw Pass and Flames, your opponent has to have like three counter spells to beat you. And it nullifies all their discard spells, so it's just like the best card in the deck and the card you want to draw. And by drawing two, you're probably going to oftentimes draw one with your 12 cantrips, but not both. Um, and then only seven discard spells, most people play eight, but I like to play the Reign of Filth because it just feels like without Probe, it's harder to get Threshold, and it just gives you a little bit more upfront mana, and it's a good game one card. And also, I kind of just do like this game, I don't know, but every time I draw Reign of Filth, I ask myself... If this was a duress, which is what it would be, how would the game go? And almost every time I would have lost the game if it was a duress. Like, it really needed the extra mana. So only really Rodrigo and I play the Reign of Filth, but I, I like it a lot. So I was going to say, uh, I've been seeing it more and more often. I was playing in uh, some leagues uh, on Magic Online last night, and my opponents were playing Reign of Filth. And I remember when Reign of Filth, the only time I would ever see Reign of Filth was out of uh, Cheerios. Because they would run, they would run it in Cheerios, and I'd be thinking like, "Oh, that's a weird card." I'm surprised no other decks ever run that. It's a great card. I mean, even on my player profile, I talked about why I played the deck, and I said Ant because it has the most skulls, and Rain of Filth makes a lot of skulls. Yes. So <laughs> it's also the only foreign card in my. Well, I play. I have German Black Border Duels, but I have one Japanese card in my deck, and it's Rain of Filth, and it's because I really want people to ask me what it does. <laughs> I want to be like, I want to be like, well, let me tell you. I get to sacrifice all of my lands. What Cyrus was saying before about how he talks too much to his opponent, he puts he puts <laughs> bait trigger questions. Conversation pieces in the <laughs> yeah. deck. I like that. Yes. I like that. I, so, like, I want them to ask me what it does. So it's the only foreign or Japanese card in my deck. Um, for, for our listeners at home who don't know what it does, what does it do, Cyrus? Okay, so Reign of Filth is a one black mana instant from Urza Saga, and it says, until end of turn, lands you control gain, sacrifice this land, add black. So... It's not like high tide. Like if you play a land afterwards, you don't get to sacrifice it for black. But you can do cool stuff like uh, your opponent goes upkeep, port your swamp, and you're like, okay, rain of filth, go to my main phase. Oh, sick! I still have a ritual, kill you. Um, right, because it's until end of turn, so you can pass through phases without without having to make the mana. Yep, and it it uh it just it, it's like a one mana cabal ritual in longer games. In shorter games, it's like a rain of flame that like it's the better ROF acronym ritual that gives you threshold. Um, it's just a really powerful card. Uh, like you can cast it like someone wastelands you on your turn for some reason. You cast a response to wasteland. Um, also, it's just a sweet card. Like it's it feels really good to like if your opponent has a leyland of the void in hand, like or in play. A lot of the times, if you cast rain of filth, you win the game with zero cards in hand, zero cards in graveyard, zero cards in play, one turtles bag on the stack, and it just feels sweet. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> uh, so yeah, rain of filth. Uh, I I haven't seen a lot. I think it's powerful. I think I I. I lost to it, and I'm really thinking that I need to put a much higher um, uh, kind of focus on dealing with that. You know, usually against uh, Storm, you like to not necessarily counter their first ritual because you want to kind of get a couple, like a two or three for one out of the Storm player. Uh, but Rainerfeld, I feel, can just get out of hand. 
Yeah, I know Anurag has a great quote where he was like, he told me, he's like, the first time someone cast Rain of Filth against me, I had like seven counters in hand, so I let it resolve, and then I died nine spells later. So. <laughs> <laughs> that is a, oh man, that's a great story. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's really like a one mana cabal ritual, and what's really nice about it is that a lot of times for Storm, the choke point is the first ritual, and people just don't want to counter Rain of Filth, because they're like, oh, you have to sack all your lands? Sure. I'm not going to just three for one you, I'm going like ten for one you. Yeah. And then you sack all your greedy. lands and kill them. They get greedy. Yeah. <laughs> It just gives you that little extra... It's just also a sweet card. Um, I'm a huge fan of it. I think it's a mistake to not play it. It feels like one of the best cards in my deck. Like, it helps... Makes your ad nauseum better, all that. Uh, and then my sideboard, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I played... Uh, sideboard. I played two Abrupt Decays, um, two Chain of Vapors. I played the eighth discard spell on the board, so the Duress. And then three Echoing Truth, which is a lot. One Empty the Warrens, two Flusterstorm, two Hercules Recall, one Massacre, and one Xanath Swarm. So pretty standard... Um, the kind of the game plan for this sideboard is you don't need to bring in green cards against wasteland decks, so that's why I don't have. Uh, that's why I have so many bounce spells, and you're basically just asking like, what what are the cards that beat you? And almost always it's like fast combo, Thalia, uh, and like Chalice of the Void. So you just have answers to that, and like things like counterbalance. So pretty pretty standard storm sideboard. I mean, I'm not really a fan of like transformational sideboards or cute things i think that like storm is the best deck in the format when it gets to do what it wants to do and uh it's good to just have an answers it's good to have answers for cards to stop you from doing what you want to do gotcha gotcha to put it in a really simple way um so turbo depths which you uh you basically admitted to being copy copying their opening plays for to see <laughs> uh nefarious purposes uh would you say that's one of your roughest matchups if uh, you're afraid of fast combo no, it's such a good matchup because really? they're actually so they're actually slower than you, right? And they're like about a full turn slower than you. But the problem is, is go look at my sideboard. I have two chain of vapors and three echoing. <laughs> I, yes, I did. So, I, I wanted that. Yes. <laughs> so it's already a good a good matchup because it's they're they have crop rotation for bog, which is pretty annoying, um, and they have like a lot of discard spells, but also like. You just bring in five bounce spells, and you're like, okay, but like I killed, I played against Turbo Depths twice that tournament, and like the first time I played against them, the game two, I I killed them with three bounce spells in hand. Like I was like, you weren't gonna win this game any any which way. Uh, <laughs> the bug Turbo Depths, like the one Tom Hep plays, is really hard matchup though. Yeah, okay, just because he adds Fluster yeah. Storm. So Tom mm-hmm. beat me in the challenge this week. Shout out to Tom for top eighting that. But we were both XO, and I think he beat me at that point, and that started my landslide into not top eighting the challenge. Ah, sad. Um, <laughs> that was the least sincere thing you said today, at least. <laughs> it was actually a really great match. I streamed it too. So Tom's a great player. So oh. what are you? What's your uh, What's your channel, Cyrus? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Cyrus CG. That's go. where you can find me everywhere. Like that. Sick. Um, so what is? So you said fast matchups and Thalia decks you don't want to see. I mean, Thalia decks are pretty obvious, but uh, what about... No, you're actually pretty favored against, like, death and taxes. Um, oh, so... <laughs> what, what are you actually afraid of, then, if it's not the things that you mentioned a minute ago? <laughs> well, no, so I talk about I, be, I talk about cards that beat Cyrus, you. Cyrus fears no man. <laughs> no, actually, the deck well, has no bad matchups. 100% so, against the field. Uh, <laughs> I mean, basically, right? Like, well, what's yeah. nice about your bad matchups is most of them die in turn one better than any other deck so uh but let's see so every chalice deck is incredibly favored against storm there's four color alone players that say the matchup's favored for storm they're wrong and bad at playing i think those are the aggro alone players who don't realize you can play chalice on zero 
Yeah, or or ha- that you have Gattateague in your deck. Like, <laughs> I I played against someone last night on Moto, and they went turn one Gattateague against me, and I wasn't playing Storm, and they got so so salty. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you not play the deck I net decked you on? <laughs> I was like, what? They like got so mad at me because then I went I went like turn one Dark Confidant. I was playing Storm. But it was Storm with, like, main deck, Dark Confidence, Young Power Matchers. We'll get into... We don't need to get into that. It's a bad list. I went 3-2. <laughs> is, this, they literally, is, this the they, black, they, is this the black-red Storm list? No, it was it was Grixis. It had four empties and four tendrils of Agony. But, um, anyways, <laughs> they, conceded the, they conceded the match after game one because they said, this is stupid. I don't want to play against it. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so Chalice decks, every Chalice deck is super favored against you. I only had to play against one Chalice deck, and I was really lucky. Um... Black Red Reanimator and Blue Black Reanimator, like the faster combo decks, are, are really hard if they know what they're doing because Discard is just not as good against Reanimator because they're more redundant and need like two cards to win and they're faster than you. Um, and unlike other decks, like against other decks, Reanimator can like make a Chancellor and it's like, oh, whatever, you know? But I, Storm can't really realistically beat a Chancellor almost ever. So it's like any of their things they can reanimate, you can't really beat. Like Tide Spout Tyrant, you can't beat because you can't get Hellbent. So they just like. In response to Infernal Tutor, Cast and Tomb, bounce a land to your hand, you lose the game. So it's like, you can't be anything they can reanimate, and they're faster than you, and have more disruption. So, um, you'll notice I didn't play any Graveyard Hate. I go back and forth on that. It just feels like how you beat that deck is them messing up, or just kind of getting lucky, or you kill them fast. And it, it doesn't ever really feel like, if your game plan is like one or two Surgical Extractions, it doesn't really feel like you're actually going to ever beat Black Red Reanimator. So. Mm, gotcha. Um so it, so any chalice deck reanimator uh and the miracles is a, is a, is a pretty poor matchup as the finals uh showed it, it, it it's i was really not confident going to the chairman up be playing against miracles i tested with honor before the event and i lost literally every single game i didn't win any games um so i i was pretty nervous before the finals and i think my, my play represented that i didn't play super well so mm. was that your first miracles match you played all day no i beat two miracles players in the swiss um one of my Miracles opponents played very, very poorly, uh, and then the other one played pretty well, but he's playing the Esper Miracles deck, so it was a little clunky, uh, and I had extremely good hands against him, and he mulliganed to five. Like, I had, I had like, a turn two kill with double discard backup in both games, I think. Mm. So, I mean, you're going to beat any deck when you draw like that. Right. Doesn't matter what they're playing. <laughs> so, it's like accumulated knowledge totally changed the matchup, because... It, like storm as a combo deck is good because it's able to grind out the blue deck so you actively want the game to go long but the problem is um that you they just cast accumulated knowledge and draw a bunch of cards and storm as a deck is a little weak to interact with snapcaster mage target fluster storm like and what happens they get so many cards in hand they can just keep brainstorming snapcasters and flusters at the top of their deck with like jace or and then like snap brainstorm get the fluster cast it and you just can't interact with that so um Matchup's pretty poor if the Miracles player understands how to extend their hand using the top of their deck, like when they used to have top. Uh, I feel like I can really outplay an average Miracles player, but the really good ones, they just they just crush you. Uh, I should have beaten Miracles in the final. I missed Lethal Game 3, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk, let's talk about the final a bit. Um, so you weren't, weren't feeling the greatest going into it. What was, what was your game plan sitting down? You know, what, what were you telling yourself, this is how I'm going to attack the matchup and hope, hope for the best? Um, well, I thought I was better at magic than my opponent. So, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, you learned that. Kind of <laughs> my plan was to just outplay them because I think that against an average Miracles player, I'm able to kind of just play circles around them. 
Um, Counterbalance had other ideas about that game one. No. I think they did not play very well in that game one, but I think what they did do is have double force of will turn two counterbalance and blind flip four times. Um, like when I cast pass and flames and they shuffled their library, I think that was a big punt because they had a one on top. Um, and if I have a lions, I damage kill them or a cabal. Ritual, I don't know. But then they had a blind flip for like multiple consecutive, and they had to have council's judgment on my LED. If they hadn't council's judgment on my LED, I win that game. So that was pretty frustrating. Um, game two, I think he made the correct play of not playing a land, and I got to have the really cool, like, Ritual Ritual Ad Nauseam play on camera um, on his turn. Uh, and then game three, I just... I was pretty tilted about game one. I was really tired. Uh, for those that don't know, Eternal Weekend is, like, the ultimate marathon tournament as far as Magic tournaments go. That was my 29th round of the weekend. I don't know if any how anyone has felt after playing a GP. I played two GPs that weekend. I played 29 <laughs> rounds. That's insane. So, like, think about how tired you feel after 15 rounds of a GP. I was on my second GP on a time zone change flying from California, and I was already tilted, and I lost my winning in, and it was extremely high pressure. I was on camera for a third of my matches, and I was just exhausted. I, yeah. I was on autopilot. I could not think. Um, I was just trying to hold it together for as long as I can, but so, for those that know me, I have a problem with tilt, um, and I got really tilted because I had a bad ad nauseum. And um, so my opponent went turn one Tormont script. And that entire game, I did not consider my graveyard as being a resource. So I wasn't even thinking about my graveyard. And then when I ad nauseumed and I had a game plan. I'm going to abrupt to kill your Tormont script, go to my turn, kill you. And I need to draw Infernal Tear to win. And then they played Null Rod. And they made a huge mistake because if they crack crit before they play Null Rod, I can't win. But they put themselves dead to known information because they knew my hand. And... I just did not think about that because I hadn't been considering my graveyard as a resource. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I brought to your null rod. And then you can see on camera, I say, I turn to the judge and I'm like, what are the rules about take backs? I know there is a recent change. And the judge is like, uh, <laughs> we're on camera, finals, eternal weekend. Like, it's the head judge, I can't appeal. And I was like, uh, it's not really worth arguing about. If I draw Infernal Tutor off a draw step, a preordained, a brainstorm, I win the game. Anyways, because my thought process is I have two lands in hand, I need to crack this diamond to win. I should have just decayed on my turn. There's no reason not to. But I was thinking, oh, these petals are going to be dead. I might as well decay now. Um, I do that. I go to my turn. I take a draw step. I preordain. Bottom, bottom. Brainstorm. See three cards. I I lose the game. Um, I was exceptionally unlucky to not find one of my Infernal Tutors off all those draw steps and the Ad Nauseum. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just a... a, I made a mistake and I feel really crappy about it. Like I've kind of been beating myself up all week about it. But in my defense, like I said, like 29 rounds of magic is insane. Especially playing Dark Rituals in both formats. Like, Storm is not an easy deck to play. <laughs> and I was on camera almost every round. I had, like, three interviews. I had a bunch of people coming up to me. I was getting drunk with Europeans. <laughs> like, I, I just... And I and I also wasn't feeling very comfortable about the matchup. And it's just a lesson that, you know, like, play a little slower. I had to be mindful for one more turn. And I'm the turn weekend champion. And I didn't hold together. And, but I still made it to the finals, so I'm stoked. But, you know, I... Um, yeah, I felt I felt pretty bad about it in the moment. I don't think I've even de-sideboarded my deck. It's just in a box in my closet. So um, I'm ready for I'm ready for vengeance to Star, Star City Games this weekend. But <laughs> uh, well, what a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Um, I talked about it last week with Anthony really briefly, but I did want to sort of get your insight in uh, when you're in that ad nauseum phase, right? You're ad nauseum like the you know one of the one of the other final turns of the game, and you stop at five. Is there any thought in your brain where you're like, oh, should I draw another card or two? Like, I know you have Dark Petition in your deck, so you don't want to get fived by it, but are are there any things where you think you might draw a few more cards off that ad nauseum? 
So kind of my thought process was that my opponent still has like lots of Snapcaster Mages in their deck. Mm-hmm. And it's not that I don't want to just go to zero, but I have just drawn 20 cards against Miracles. So I'm pretty favored to win that game unless I get exceptionally unlucky and don't hit an Infernal Tutor off draw steps plus multiple cantrips. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways I think I lose is going down to like two or three there and my opponent just playing a Snapcaster Mage off sure. the top of a Jace Brainstorm. And they ended up did finding a Mentor. So I figure I give myself like a full another turn. Um, by not doing that. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like, I've drawn so many cards, it just felt unlikely that I'm not going to be able to win the game. So it's a low percentage chance to hit off to hit my Dark Petition there. Mm-hmm. But also, I felt like there was no reason to to put myself in that situation because I felt still favored to win the game at that point. Sure. Um, I I just felt like, you know... And also, emotionally, you're in Game 3 of the Finals of Eternal Weekend. Thousands of people are watching you play Magic. You don't want to lose to Flipping Dark Petition. No, that's, I'm sure that... <laughs> That was the thing that I was thinking in my head was like, ah, oh, I mean, at least by not killing yourself, you're giving yourself the opportunity to outplay your opponent. Whereas, and then I didn't. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but but you're, I mean, I mean, all, all right. So, I think that you're. I mean, I haven't been in your position, obviously, right? Like, I, I don't play nearly as the the, I don't have the skill level. I don't play the high level magic that you do. But I would say that, like, I mean, you played some really, really great games, and like you said, you were on camera a lot. You, I mean, you had, a, you were, you were doing a lot of that tournament, man. And I was really, really proud of you, and I thought you did a phenomenal job, and it was really fun to watch you. And I mean, even though you know, even like you said, even though you said you know you were you were you're someone who suffers from tilt, like it wasn't it wasn't obvious from from watching the matches, and I was I was just really kind of blown away by you being able to maintain a high level of play, playing in two. Big events back to back like that, and uh, you know, being close to making a top eight, and or you know, being close to making the top eight in one, and then making it all the way to the finals in the second is just really impressive, man. And I hope that I hope that you know, in time, you're able to give yourself enough credit for a really, a really amazing run, just a, and playing just such phenomenal magic. I hope I hope you're able to, uh, you know, it, it's tough. It, it, I, I've been in that position where you. You you know you, you don't close in on what you're trying to work on, but I do hope that you give yourself the credit that you deserve, man, because you really played phenomenally well, and I was, I was very very impressed with you, and I, I think you just you know being a don't don't be too hard on yourself in the long run is what I'm saying, you know. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's something I kind of always. Try. I'm a very competitive person, you know. I was a mm-hmm. college athlete, all that, so I'm uh, I'm really hard on myself, and it's not always a good thing. So mm-hmm. I do think. I mean, I'm also like pretty confident in my abilities. I think I played the best of anyone at that tournament all weekend. Mm-hmm. I think I made basically one mistake. I think I played circles around almost all my opponents on camera. Like for those that don't play a lot of storm, and almost all my camera matches, I gave myself a choke point that if my opponent counters the right thing, I just lose the game. And I just said, I think that you're going to make the wrong decision. And I made him make the wrong decision like three, four times on camera that tournament, which is not an easy thing to do mm-hmm. on camera. You feel really stupid. Like I had a one play that I'll always remember is against Blue Adele where I just went Cabal Ritual. And the guy just looks over at my graveyard, looks at his hand, kind of pauses. And he's like, mm, all right, resolves. I'm like, go. <laughs> it's like that feels kind of silly to make that play. But mm-hmm. I made that kind of similar play all weekend and it worked out for me. Like right. I went through Gristlebrand on board. I went through like three counter spells. I went through like... This check pile player floating counter spells in the semis. Like mm-hmm. I drew pass in flames a lot, which was very skilled. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty broken, so skilled, which helps. Much wow, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think I played the best of anyone in that tournament, and to even have an out there of the no rod torment script thing, because mm-hmm. it's a pretty complicated line involving like understanding priority and everything for me to actually win from there. But my opponent had to make a huge mistake putting themselves dead to known info. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it wasn't just that I punted. We punted back and forth. Yeah. And my opponent just kind of was luckier than me that match. They played well, too. But yeah. 
I, I also think too, like at the end of a weekend like that, I mean, that is not when you're at your sharpest in the finals. Like oh, I don't care no. what anyone says. Like I've been, I've played like you know a full day, of, like a full like you know nine or ten rounds of Magic in one day, and like you get back to your room, and I'm like just playing for, to make day two. I'm not playing to like. And then he doesn't even popping. show up for day two. <laughs> <laughs> it is well, you know, uh, it is, dream crush you, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is like, but you're at the end of the day, man. You are just like you go out to dinner with your friends, and it's hard to even have a a coherent conversation about anything because you are just mean at least i was like i get mentally gassed after a day like that um so i and i can only imagine the amount of math you have to do in your deck it just must be it must be brutal so you know i i, I think that like again you know in the finals like that you know their punts are going to happen because again you've been playing super high level magic really really high and the stress only builds and builds round after round so um i mean for what it's worth you know, the hundreds of people in chat couldn't figure out the right line there either. Couldn't figure out how to, how how Tormod's Crypt and, and Abrupt Decay are all going to work there. So it was, and Null Rob yeah. all going to work there. So Imme- Immediately after the tournament, I got up, walked away from the table, and I had a message from Rodrigo telling me the line I missed. And I'm Ugh. like, so, but I, I, you know what made me feel better? In his famous Prague final, Rodrigo messed up twice. He missed lethal in that tournament. And the, you know what the difference is? At the end of the game, he pondered, and he found the card he needed to win the game. Mm-hmm. If I would have if I would have drawn Infernal Tutor on that last turn of the game, we wouldn't even be talking about this. Right, right. We would just be talking about how I want to turn a weekend. Yeah, we'd be able to. See, well, we wouldn't be able to see the painting behind you in the background because it'd still be dark in the room. But <laughs> yeah, but um, you know, I, I think I was the best player at that tournament. I expect to be able to go back and, and hopefully win another year. And also, that tournament is okay. It was the softest tournament I've ever played. Those people. <laughs> I, I feel very Justin, proud cut, that I was able cut that to out. Get, cut that out. I got I got to second place in like a six hundred something person tournament. Shout out to all my opponents for being very nice people. <laughs> Basically, every single one of my opponents made a game losing mistake that tournament. And Storm is good at putting you in positions to make game losing mistakes. Mm-hmm. But like, I played against someone that like Vendillion clicked me, saw M to the Warrens, didn't take it with click. And then I go to my turn. No, we're, we're going to want to let them have that. We're going to want them to have that <laughs> into the warrants. And then they went force of will pitch supreme verdict. And I'm like, <laughs> and after I thought sees them, and I'm like, I don't can't tell if they're just next leveling me. So I'm like, but I still had an infernal snapcaster supreme verdict. Well, no, it was exiled. And then oh right. I was, and I was like, I can't tell if you're next leveling me, but I still have an infernal tutor in hand. So I was able to go like lions of diamond, lions of diamond, empty. And then they vendillion clicked me again. And like, and then like they were like, and then after the game they were like, I think I should have probably taken the empty the horns at some point. I killed him with those goblins. I was like, this was when I was six zero or seven. I was seven zero. I was like, this is unreal. Uh, like all, and then also I felt like I kept getting lucky because all of my opponents mulligan to five like every match. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, man, I keep getting lucky. And then I realized everyone knew what I was on and they were mulliganing to hate. I was like, I was like, game one, I was like, all my opponents mulligan to five, and I'm like, man, I'm just getting so lucky all day. And all of their fives were so good. I was like, man, this is a really good five. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I was pretty. It was, a, it was a fun weekend. I mean, I also got extremely good pairings. Like if we look over it, like I think I played really well, but like. I had to buy round one, and then I played against a person. Game one, I dressed them, and they had like three shriek mods in their hand. And I was like, oh, okay. What? I mean, the yeah, they're playing. Mod? Yeah, uh, they're playing Dead Guy L, and it's like that's like a really good matchup because it's like death and taxes without the hate bears. <laughs> right. Uh, and then I beat like experimental frenzy moon stompy, and my opponent didn't board in any grave hate because they said it's not good against ant, and I was like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> and then I beat a I beat a turbo death player who I think like missed lethal, and then I got paired against elves and. If you're going to play Basic Forest against a deck with Dark Ritual, you're going to lose. Uh, and then I played against the Sneak and Show player, and I went like Chain of Apri or Gristlebrand. They're like, all right, screw you, force it. And I'm like, 
okay, kill you. Like, (laughs) all right, you got me. And then I was 6-0 and I played against goblins and it's like, oh yeah, I mean, okay, goblins. And then I beat Miracle's player that made the mistake with empty. Mm -hmm. And then I played against Blue Red Delver and my Blue Red Delver opponent molded into five twice. Jeez. And then my Miracle's player to beat 10-0, they mulligan to five. And then I beat Turbo Depths in the quarterfinals, which is an amazing matchup. And I beat Checkpile, and I drew really well against Checkpile, and then I was in the finals. So I think I played well all weekend, but just like any other player, like I had a lot of times where I'm like, well, I have to rip Infernal Tutor now or I lose the game, and I mm-hmm. did it. And I had like shuffle Ponders into Tutors, and I had like my opponent gets mulligan low, and I didn't get Chalice, I didn't get turn one killed. Um... Like I, and I got really favorable pairings. Like anyone who does well at a tournament. I also had zero turn one kills. Can I say that? This is the really? only tournament I've ever played where I didn't turn one someone. Huh. And it was really just... I was like, man. That, I mean, the deck is a little slower now without Probe. But mm-hmm. still, I had zero turn one kills. I had one, only one in Vintage. Now, I have another question for you. And if you don't want to talk about it, that's that's fine. But, um, you know, you didn't do a lot of losing on the weekend, right? But And, and, and I imagine, you know, a player like you, much like me, like when... when I'm, I'm a very competitive player, even though I'm not a competitive player, if that makes sense. Um, you know, can you talk a little bit about tilt and managing your tilt in a, in a tournament like that, where you can't let yourself go off the rails. If you make a mistake and if you drop a game, you know, you don't want to drop the match because you drop a game. Does that make sense? Real quick. I want to add to that. I feel tilt is at its worst when you feel that like you should have won that match. And the only reason why you didn't win is that your opponent got lucky. Well, we don't, whenever we see like the worst of the salt of MTGO, it's always a recurring theme. So I feel, Mm. I feel those two can go hand in hand a lot. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to be, get a little personal here and feel free to edit this out. So, uh, for those that don't know me, I have some, some pretty severe mental health issues. So I have PTSD and, um, pretty bad and so that kind of really leads to my tilt so um when i get kind of frustrated or when there's a lot of people around me or i get stressed out it i get kind of extremely bad anxiety attacks um and my tilt levels it's like i'm kind of always at the threshold of just being tilted from life because i have a a mental health issue so um part part of my tilt is i i Mm -hmm. I don't know i think i tilt worse than other players and that's no excuse um i do a lot of meditation, uh, a lot of like breathing techniques, mm-hmm. a lot of focusing, um, and a lot of it is just keeping in mind, like you know, I can't control the variance, and it's like part of it. My thing is, I don't really tilt at my opponents; I tilt at my own mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I was very tilted that I missed lethal in game three of the finals of an event, and that made me feel like really, really terrible. Um, but I was not. I was very happy for my opponent that they won, and they're mm-hmm. a very nice person. And how great is it that like they get to go home? And I, I wish that was me, but I'm never. I'm not jealous or angry mm-hmm. at them, but I'm upset with myself. So, um, and yeah. in terms of keeping composure, it's just like you, you just have to realize it's like you can almost always play better, and so there's never a reason to blame variants. Like I know after every match Reed Duke plays, he writes down every mistake he made. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if this freaking dude's going to be a Hall of Famer, is making mistakes still and keeping track of them, there's no reason to ever be upset about variants because it's the one thing you can't control. Mm-hmm. And you just have to keep that in mind, even as hard as it can be. Um, and then as far as like letting, let it, being easy on yourself and, and you know getting over things when you make mistakes, that I cannot give advice on because it's something I'm working on myself mm-hmm. um, in terms of like my own struggles with tilt, mental health. It's something that I'm still working on, and I think mm-hmm. it's a big barrier for me in terms of being a better Magic player. Um, one thing I can recommend is there's this book called The Inner Game of Tennis, and what it talks about is separating your competitive self from your personal self. So you're almost able to kind of 
bird's eye view, see yourself doing a competition and be separated from the person that's in that competition. And it helped me with sports and with magic in terms of being a little less tilted. So it's like, uh, you know, in the matrix when that dude is like, I don't even see girls anymore. I just see lines of code. Yeah. That's kind of how I am with playing storm. Sometimes <laughs> like when I'm in the tournament, I can't even freaking think about like what my plays are. I just see Grixis mana and storm count. And that's like my world and there's nothing else. And I just have to like, keep that in mind and be separated. Like your individual wins at like, I, I mean, like, I rattled off what? I rattled off 17 in a No, I had just five votes, so I rattled, I rattled off 22 in a row leading up to the finals. Yeah. I've never 22 and 0 in my life. If I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm 22 and 0, what the F is going on? Yeah. Like, I would totally not be able to focus there. But I was just thinking, all right, so I have to try and just think of this as the next match. Mm-hmm. And I let that get away from me a little bit, and I lost the finals, yeah. you know? Now, you said, and you said, like, uh, meditation and being kind of, like, practicing mindfulness helps you you have any good resources that where you kind of learned how to do things like that? Yeah, well, there's that book, The Iron Game of Tennis, mm-hmm. um, but also there's this app, Headspace. Mm. You don't really need to pay money for it, but uh, it, it can help with that. And then anyone who can afford to see like a therapist or a sports psychologist, things like that, it's really going to help you a lot. So, I mean, one thing people might not know about me is I played Storm for like a year at this point, <laughs> like a year and a half. Like mm-hmm. I got really good at this deck really quickly. And I think that my approach to the game is different than other people's where I don't see it as necessarily like, oh, I'm going to hang out my friends and play Storm. Like, I don't jam games of Storm for fun. Like, mm-hmm. I'm there to win win the tournament. Mm-hmm. I'm, every time I'm playing a league on Moto, I'm there to win the league. Um, so I think that taking a prof- – if you want to win at Magic, you need to take a professional approach to your games and mm-hmm. take a competitive approach. And don't be surprised by your results when you're just there to mess around like Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I just show up to see you, Cyrus. That's all the only reason why I go. You don't even know what I look like. <laughs> yeah, we were talking before the cast that when I met Cyrus at a, at a GP, he just came up and started talking to me, and he looks so different from his Facebook profile. It took me about 15 minutes into the conversation to realize that it was Cyrus that was talking to me, because I just went with the flow. <laughs> That's why I have the Carhartt hat on. I, I need people. To, I need to be a recognizable figure with the Carhartt hat and the green flannel. Yeah, that's your signature. That's your signature uh, look now, man. You can't get away from it. It's freaking hot, though, dude. I'll be telling you. I can't imagine. You, I'll be like sweating with that with that that cap on, man. You know, especially as like an Irish dude when oh, it's yeah. like hot out. My face looks beat red. It's like I haven't even been drinking, and my skin is like the color of an apple. I mean, maybe I've been drinking a little bit. But... <laughs> oh man. Uh, now Cyrus, we, we had, uh, we had it out on, uh, social media a little, a little while ago because I feel this is a good segue about how you take, uh, legacy very, from a very professional standpoint, you know, you're there to win. Um, a lot of people feel that this is one of the kind of the best legacy, uh, metas that we've had in a long time. Yeah. But you're not, you're not so hot. Even on this insane winning streak, you're not so hot on legacy right now. So I wanted you to come on and kind of, uh, fully express yourself as far as, you know, what your thoughts on the format are. Yeah. Can I just say that one of the things that Bryant had against me was he was like, Oh, he's probably just not enjoying it because he's not winning. Can we just say, (laughs) can we just see that Bryant didn't day two GP Richmond? I 12, three J I 12, three GP Richmond. I got second in a two K. I 12 owed side events at GP sack. I fucking got second in eternal weekend. I'm winning more than I've ever won in my life playing magic. My paper win rate is 88% over a hundred matches. That's insane. That's an unreal win rate. I'm like, I didn't realize uh, leaving a legacy had turned into uh, TMZ, where star players come on to throw shade at each other. 
I've made thousands of dollars playing Storm in the last month, so the notion that I'm not enjoying Legacy because I'm not winning is stupid. So anyone who thinks that, you're wrong. Stop. I do think that Jerry's point about me being burnt out is a very valid point. I think that I had valid points that came to be from me being burnt out, me being tilted, me being frustrated about Legacy. But I, I mean, I like winning, so I'm still having fun winning. But I'd have fun winning in anything. Like when I did track in college, I didn't even like. Who has fun throwing <laughs> a metal ball? Who likes to run? Who just wants to yeah. run somewhere if you're not being chased? <laughs> well, like even tra- I, I threw me- I threw a metal ball. That's like the least inherently fun thing ever. <laughs> like are you ever hang out with your friends? Like, hey, you want to go put on these special shoes and a really thick glove and and spin in a circle throwing a metal ball? No, no one says that. And not even at someone. You're just throwing it into the grass. <laughs> Yeah, and then you have to go clean. Like, you have to, like, There's no targets. No. <laughs> I just like winning, so I'm gonna have fun winning no matter what I'm doing. I don't care what I'm winning at, yeah. and that's one reason I quit track and started playing Magic competitively. Was I just want to win, mm. and I think I was like, well, it's way more fun to hang out with my friends and win at Magic. Um, in terms of the the meta game, I just think that the decks don't necessarily lead to interesting games of Magic. But I think that there is very good deck diversity. So my problem is that what I enjoy playing against is kind of more of like the Rug Delvers, Blue White Stoneblade, like the decks that are like really stack based without like prison elements. Um, and it just feels like there's a lot of like really linear combo decks, including myself. Um, there's a lot of Gristlebrands, Hymnaturox, Chalices, back to like it feels like the Miracles decks are kind of back to the point they were when Top was legal, where they're trying to lock you out with like counterbalance and back to basics. And I, I just feel like the games, although you're doing sweet things, don't necessarily lead to interesting interactive games of magic. And it feels more to me like that's like a format like what EDH and Modern is for. Where for Legacy, I feel like sometimes it's like I kind of like the stack based interaction. It's still like my favorite format. And this is where I want to kind of diverge from what people have been saying. I don't want anything banned. I love Legacy. I think I do so much for the Legacy community. And I'm going to be a little conceited here. I go on podcasts. I have my own podcast. I produce content. I spend literally hours a day answering people's questions on Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, everything. I help people out. I stream. Like, I'm doing a lot for the Legacy community. I don't want people to not play Legacy. I want people to stop playing stupid decks. But And I hope that by trashing on their stupid decks, they stop playing them. Jerry. But Hey, hey. <laughs> I put together um, I put together laws of uh, stifle knot. So that's a stupid deck. That's a, <laughs> it's like okay, um, but like if you even look at my tournament, like I I don't know, and part of it is just being burnt out. Like Legacy is still a great format, but even so, I just think that like the games are not what I enjoy so much. Um, like I played some matches against um, Blue Eyes Don't Blade today on Moto, and I split the matches. I lost one, and they were sweet. Like I played against Tom on. Bug Turbo Depths, which is a little different than the green black Turbo Depths. And we had these sweet games playing to play around like Fluster Storms and stuff. And to me, that's like great magic. I love that. So, um, to be clear, I still love Legacy. It's still my favorite format. I'm still playing it a ton. I mean, I literally just went to Legacy Champs. Oh, yeah, I have one more point after this. I want people to play the format and everything. It's just, I. M- me being a little burnt out in the format and not enjoying certain aspects of it doesn't mean it's a bad format. It just means it's not to my taste necessarily. Also, People talked about how, like, I'm making, killing the format. Can we just talk about how my Reddit thread about the format had, like, 150 comments? <laughs> can, we just talk about, can we just talk about how people are talking more about Legacy than they have in years right now because of me? I'm just going to say. I'm not, maybe not because of me, but to a certain extent. Also, for people who are hating on me and saying, oh, I'm just burnt out on the format, 
Can we just say there's certain podcasts and certain people who publicly told people to not go to the Legacy World Championships, which is the WotC-sponsored event. So if you want to talk about how Legacy's not in a good spot and how WotC's not supporting it and how people are frustrated with it, maybe don't publicly tell people to not go to the premier Legacy event of the of, of the year. Like, that is so screwed up lot that's a screwed up logic to me that people can be hating on me for going on a podcast and saying i'm not enjoying legacy when they're literally publicly out publicly out there telling people to not go to the event that wizards is judging probably to see what legacy is like mm. like that I, and i went to this event i was on camera i did interviews i was a huge popular figure on the twitch stream i i think that in itself does something to grow the format and people like you are out here trashing on the format and or trashing on the tournaments for the format like if you want to stay home and play moto whatever but don't pe- don't tell don't publicly tell people to not go to the premier event but that's what's killing the format is people not going to tournaments anymore yeah it's true I was actually talking to uh, Michelle, our TO, and uh, they actually failed to fire Legacy uh, on Friday, which is the first time that's happened in a long time, I feel. so. Well, yeah, can you imagine if you like made a mistake at the last Living Legacy Open, like didn't upload the footage to Twitch, and then I went on my podcast and trashed on you <laughs> and told, hey, and said, hey, don't ever go to Le- Living Legacy Open again because they did a terrible job because they made a mistake and because the prize support wasn't great or whatever, you know, because they didn't get the trophy to the person until now. Like, that's the th- thing about that. Can you imagine if I did that and people didn't go to your event, how crappy that would feel? Because that's exactly what you were doing. I'm just going to say that. Pat, you didn't really do this much. It's more you, Jerry. <laughs> I'm just saying that that made me like feel sick to my stomach. when I, I had someone tell me I'm killing Legacy. And that made, that made me feel sick to my stomach because I do so much for this format, I think, and create interesting content. And it's like, to have people out here telling me like, telling me that when they are actually doing things that are detriment, like... There was no other legacy grinders at this tournament. Yeah. You know why? Because they all talked to each other and decided not to go. And even if you hate the format, you don't got to tell other people not to go to it. And that same logic could be me. Like, if, I, if I'm not enjoying the format, I don't need to talk about it. You know, we're all content producers. We all have to say something or else we're going to, you know, it, you run out of things to say at a certain point. So I'm never going to hate on someone for speaking their mind. But don't be a hypocrite and tell me that I'm killing the format when you're publicly telling people not to go to the premier event of the year. Well, let's. I have never said to you that you're killing the format. Yeah, that you did. You did not say that. So <laughs> okay. yeah, to be clear, I just want to make Jerry's not the one saying that. But it was other people who were like really upset with me, and I was like, I, I don't mind the flag. Like, I love to talk and I love to argue. So, uh, Cyrus, as, <laughs> as you have told me, you said you love being the villain. If if legacy, if legacy is ever gonna have a villain, someone's got to do it. I don't. Th- I don't love being the villain, but I'm willing to be the villain. I think that like. Shout out to Wilson for doing Cardboard Live. Magic is so freaking boring to watch. Mm. Oh my god, it's boring to watch. And can I just say, like, when someone like LSV is on camera or Reed Duke's on camera, people love it and they want to watch it. When someone boring is on camera, the Twitch numbers go down. People are boring personalities. Go watch the Twitch stream from the Eternal Weekend thing. For a relatively unknown player who has zero premiere event top eights, people are stoked to see me. Mm. So I'm an interesting person and I say interesting things. And I make Magic a more interesting game. And I'm not like, I'm not like the savior of Legacy. But, I don't know. I think that we need more interesting characters in the game. And I'm willing to say, like, semi-controversial things that maybe not everyone wants to hear about their beloved format. If it's going to make people more interested in Legacy. Because I want to play sweet games of Magic. It's true. Like, I play a stupid combo deck. I know that I'm not necessarily the best person for the format. Like, oh, how fun are the games where I go turn one, discard, turn two, kill you? Like, sure. But I want there to be people who are not doing that. So basically, you want people to prey on. 
Yeah, the more new people that get into Legacy, the more money I can win. Give me that cash money, baby. Cash money. I mean, I feel, have you tried picking up another deck? So uh, at FNM a little while ago, I actually played against our friend Curtis, and he was on Turbo Depths, and I was on Agrolome, and it was one of the most interactive games of Magic I've had in a long time. There were several turns where we were basically just playing chicken with each other, where the first one to blink would lose the game. And those types of games are very interesting for a lot of people, and it's it's the type of play that you can only get in Legacy that you can't get in other formats. Yeah, I actually have considered this. So one thing people don't know about me is I play Storm at major events, but like at my local game store or whatever, like we have a track of like who has won the most amount of tournaments. It's kind of like a stupid like trophy leaderboard, like the five O's, and I've won with like fifteen or sixteen different decks. Like. I've played, like, every deck in Legacy and won 20 to 30 people-sized per- tournaments with it. I've done tons of 5-0s with Delver, 5-0s with Dredge. Uh, I mean, that's not an interactive deck. But I've played, like, Delver, Checkpile, Greeks Control, Miracles, uh, Punishing Thieves. Four- I've won a tournament with Four Color Loam with Lands, uh, Goblins, Death and Taxes, uh, Maverick, things like that. Um, the thing is, is, so what I like about Storm is I think it plays interesting games of Magic against decks that I find interesting. So I don't think playing against... Decks like Reanimator or Chalice decks or decks that are just trying to make a 2020. That's literally the only thing their deck does is discard you make a 2020. I don't think those are interesting games of Magic with any deck personally. I don't have fun playing against those decks. But I think that decks like Stoneblade, Miracles, Delver decks, Control decks, I think that they tend to have interesting games of Magic. And I like playing against the Fair Blue decks. And what's cool about Storm is you have interesting games against a Magic against the Fair Blue decks. And against the non-Blue decks, you either kill them or they kill you and you don't have to play interesting games but my problem has been that the fair blue decks have become less interesting in my opinion because they're shifted more towards being like a him to turok style decks and like tap out back to basics style decks rather than like hold up counter magic and miracles does a good job of not being like that like the whole accumulated knowledge thing is sweet mm-hmm. just to be clear i like that aspect of the deck a lot but like like the difference between like rug delver and blue black shadow is a perfect example like rug delver is like trying to dance around all this soft permission that stifles, and Shadow's like, no, here's a 12-12, also him you. Mm. Like, to me, that's like, oh, it's sick, you got me. Um, that's just how I feel, mm. you know, and there's, there's holes in my argument, sure. But, so yeah, I've been I've played lots of different decks, but um, I just like playing Storm the most, so I keep playing it. Yeah. So... I mean, we've we've talked a lot about kind of just where the format is now for you. Um, where do you hope uh, or where do you see Legacy going in the coming years? You know, do you think um, we're going to return to uh, a meta that uh, that you'll find enjoyable with, you know, more interaction? Because I'll agree, like, the most fun I ever have playing Magic is, like, the Esper Mirror. Like, I feel the, either the Esper or Banch are, like, just three-color, blue-based, fair, mid-range decks. Uh, you just have some super interesting interesting games um you interact on a level with your opponent that you don't really get in any other type of matchup and i i love that so i can definitely see where you're coming from um you know but is this is this ever going to happen again like i feel sometimes there are just metas that just don't come back yeah i don't really think it's, it's, it's probably going to come back i think that um people have gotten better at building decks and also the threats have just gotten a lot more powerful um i, I don't want there to be any bans but i think possibly so i mean like we kind of joked before death right got banned like oh what's gonna happen the graveyard decks are gonna dominate and then you look at the decks and it's like oh what are the best decks in format uh accumulated knowledge oh that was not a card you could play with death right around oh snapcaster mage not a card you could play with i mean not as good with death right around oh Ma- dredge won four challenges in a row and manalist dredge just got second in the last challenge oh black red reanimators trophying like every second on moto in the hands of eric landon and ole Rade. like 
<laughs> that's what happened, is that people were like, well, what's going to happen? The graveyard deck's going to become too good? Yes, that is exactly what well, happened. So I just want to interject with that real quick, because when people say the graveyard decks, they, what they really mean is reanimator and dredge. They mean like the crazy, unfair graveyard decks. I think it's actually a good thing without Deathrite Shaman that the graveyard has become a resource again, which is what it was before Deathrite Shaman was printed. And now like we couldn't play cards like uh, Accumulated Knowledge. And that sucks because Accumulated Knowledge is a super cool card. Like that design is awesome. Um, but Yeah, I agree. And that's not necessarily bad, but I will say that like Miracles is way better than anything else. Right. I mean, it's unfortunate that, oh, the best decks are still the best decks. I mean, that's just going to happen. They're best decks for a reason, and the only way they get unseated is not with bannings, but with new cards being printed, propelling other decks into being the best deck. Um, I I agree. I think the only way we would ever go back to, like, that perfect setting is if we, like, created a version of, like, 93-94, like, like old Legacy. (laughs) And I'm relatively new to Legacy. Like I started playing Legacy in April of 2016 or 15, maybe. So um, I haven't really been playing for that long either. But I followed Magic for a long time. Um, I personally think that some card, a lot of cards, can be unbanned. So I think the problem with like Grisselbrand is it like encourages the really fast combo decks, like the really kind of dumb ones. But I think there's a lot of cards on the ban list, like. I'm going to be a little biased, but there's some things like like Yagmoth Bargain, Mind's Desire, things like that, that I actually think would enable the slower combo decks. Like Frantic Search is a good example yeah. of a card that I think enables the slower combo decks. And those ones, I think, are a little... Because the thing is, every combo deck is kind of crappy to play against, but at least with, like, the... Like, Seek and Show is a deck I don't even hate playing against, because it's like, you both get to cantrip and make decisions, and it's not very often that Seek and Show is going turn one Ancient Tomb Petal, Show and Tell, with Force Backup. Like, it happens. Well, but even when they a do, lot of the games, like, you're making decisions. <laughs> they Show and Tell, put an Emrakul past turn, and then you kill them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, it, it's just like, I think that I think that turn three to four in Legacy is kind of the sweet spot of where a combo deck should exist that can threaten turn one or two kills. And I think it leads it to that you can actually... I think the main thing is that you want to be able to cast your cantrips and feel like you made decisions in the early turns. And I'm happy as anyone to kill people on turn one. I mean, I, that's why I play a combo deck. It's fun to kill people fast. and I, I don't do it that often. I said I'd have zero over the weekend. But, um, yeah, I don't really know if there could be any changes. Um, as far as Legacy, I'm really worried about the format and paper. Like, Kind of like my weeklies don't fire. I stopped going to them because they weren't really firing. Um, a lot of people's weeklies I know aren't firing. That's a small sample size, but, like, GP attendance for Magic overall is down. People are shifting towards Arena. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about this thing they announced today, the format challenges on Moto. But that really shows that WotC cares a lot about Moto still and cares about Legacy and Vintage oh, that's good, and Popper. That's a good point. I didn't really think of it that way. That is, But that is a really good point that this shows that WotC, you know, announcing this big program, which is probably complicated and is costing them a good deal of money, they're still investing money in, in Moto. Um, but I don't really think that Legacy is going to continue to be a GP format anymore. Um, I think it's going to go the way of Vintage, where, I mean, Legacy decks are costing $5,000. That's mm-hmm. unreal. And if if they're going to keep getting Legacy attendance for GPs in, like, 600 people range, um, hopefully the, the next Legacy GP they have, which hasn't even been announced yet, will change that. And hopefully for things like Eternal Weekend, there's not people publicly telling people not to go to these tournaments um, so that, that, that there will be large turnouts and they continue to happen. But, I mean, I think there's a reason that Vintage is not a GP format. It's because the decks are too expensive. And when we're getting to the point where Legacy decks are costing as much as Vintage Dredge or way more than Vintage Dredge and and they're costing as much as Vintage decks cost a few years ago, it's like, how much more expensive are they going to get, you know? And I hope they don't get too more expensive. But And then when Moto getting, like, Arena coming out, I, I just really want Legacy to continue to be a format 
And if there's anything they can get the pe- get people to keep playing it and have the matches be interesting and show people why it's such a great format. Like, I know a lot of pros won't play Legacy because they think the games are really stupid because, like, like, oh, you just get Wasteland or Chalice and you don't make any decisions, you get killed on turn one. And we don't want Legacy to have that image. And it, it, <laughs> It's bad when, like, one of Legacy's champions, me, is hating on the format and also killing people early on camera, you know? But I think that my games on camera also showed what a cool combo deck can do. Like, I was not killing people very quickly. I was playing weird interactive games with lots of counter spells and passing flames and trying to trick my opponent and... To me, that is interesting magic. So when people just tell me, like, oh, how are you going to hate on Gristlebrand when you're playing Storm? Go watch any of my games ever, and you'll see that I'm not just out there turn one people. Um, but I'm really worried about Legacy, and I wish that wasn't, you know, I, I don't really know what's going to happen. It's, it's a really expensive format, and I'm in the very fortunate position where my Legacy deck has paid for itself in the two years I've had it, mm-hmm. because I've done well at some major tournaments, but not everyone is that is that lucky, and if you want to have multiple legacy decks, it's like, what are you going to do? And, it, and when the budget decks are like Dredge and Black Red Reanimator and Chalice decks, people are going to keep building them, and it's going to push people away from the game, I think. Yeah, but. it's true. I mean, we, we actually were just on uh, with the dead format. We debated them about why the reserve list should be repealed. Um, yeah, don't they think it should still be around? Yeah, they, they think it should still be around. I feel we, we defended ourselves pretty well, Pat. So, yeah, for those listening at home, if you haven't listened, check out uh, The Dead Format. Uh, Pat and I and uh, Nathan from uh, the Eternal Dirtles podcast, the other mm-hmm. Legacy podcast. Oh, uh, Nate is great. That yeah, Nate's awesome. Nate, Nate was great. He was moderator of the debate, which was perfect. He's so nice, he could never get angry. <laughs> it's like when you guys were trashing on me, I was like, hey, well, screw you. And Nate was like, well, here's... Points A and B and C of why I think that you're wrong, even though I really valid your opinion as human beings. Cyrus, and I was like, Jerry, I you're never, stupid. I hate you. Cyrus, I never trashed you. It's all in love. I know. I can take it. I like to I like to talk <laughs> trash. That's one thing that kind of sucks about magic is I don't know if you had the same experience, Pat, but people talk a lot about like sportsmanship mm-hmm. and stuff and like, oh, when you're a kid, you got to shake hands. When I was in college, we talked so much trash to everyone. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I loved it. I love talking yeah. trash. But in magic, that's totally not <laughs> That's okay. getting so wrong. Like, 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 oh, like, yeah. Also, yeah. There's also the weird – well, it's eh. – it's there's also the weird thing too, like after a match, like after a game, like you still go and shake the other players, like the other team's hand, like that's just part. That was just part of it for us, you know. Um, you know, whether you're crushing someone, or you're getting crushed, you're still like going out and shaking other people's hands, and like in Magic, man, like some of these people like can't han- they can't handle it, and they get all salty and they get all upset, and it's like it's funny, but at the same time, it's like. It's it's hard to see that in another usually adult, especially in legacy. And you're like, oh my gosh, you can't you can't yeah. handle losing. Like, yeah, but yeah, for sure. Like that. Unfortunately, trash talk is not is not it's it's frowned upon in uh, in Magic, which is as, as it should be. I think. Yeah. Other esports though have like a lot of toxicity, and like that's one thing on Moto I know from some people who were previously salty on Moto mm-hmm. is you kind of just talk trash and chat because that's what you do in other games. Mm. And it's like, I, I mean, I think it's good for the game that it's not like that. Mm. But um, I don't remember where I was going with this. Yeah, I mean, I never really was, like, uh, in other games, I was never a trash talker. If I was going to, like, talk shit to someone, it was usually going to be to their face. But, uh, but so I've never been, like, someone to, like, troll chat and, like, and like and you know, talk shit about people or, like, playing on Xbox Live, playing Madden against oh, yeah. someone and, like, trolling. It was never my thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it certainly doesn't breed... Uh, positivity in the in the in the sport or in the game which but is- it also doesn't lead to interesting things like one reason people love league of legends and i don't know anything about league of legends i don't watch it at all but my roommates 
are really into it. And one of my roommates, like, changed his sleep schedule to watch the World Championships. He would get home from work and immediately go to bed. <laughs> and then he would wake up at 1 in the morning to watch League of Legends, and then he would go back to bed before work. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it's insane. And people are so into it. And I watched it a little bit, and they're, like, chalking trash to each other. And, like, and it's just, like, all, and there's the like, interesting characters, and they say interesting things. I just think, like, like what Wilson's doing with Cardboard Live to make, like, Magic a better spectator sport and, like, have player profiles and stuff is great. Or LSV this weekend. Like, LSV was going to win that game. I don't know if you guys saw the Settle the Wreckage play. No. But, so, LSV's opponent anthems, and then LSV motions as if he's going to spend four mana and make a token, mm-hmm. right? And his opponent's like, okay, swing out. And LSV puts down the token, casts Settle oh, the Wreckage. Oh, I did see that, yeah. The, which is the two white, white, instant, exile, all attacking creatures their opponent searched for basic land. And he just totally... I mean, that was a, the thing is, his opponent had Anthem. So his opponent was going to attack with all his creatures there anyways. Mm-hmm. There was no other option for him. Because he's not winning the game if he doesn't. But LSV f- did a showmanship mm-hmm. thing, did a flashy thing, made it more interesting to watch, and people got hyped, yeah. Yeah. you know? And LSV calls us shots. And he's an int- I think LSV is great for magic. Mm-hmm. He's an ambassador for the game. He's an interesting character. Um, we just need more people like that. And it, it's not everyone's responsibility to be like that. If you want to just play magic, just play mm-hmm. magic. But I don't know. I just like, I think there's ways we can improve coverage. And I think that Card Titan did a great job with interviews. Like, they followed, kind of followed me for the tournament. And like, they didn't air it, but they interviewed me round one of Legacy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I want to win this tournament. And then I went undefeated till the finals. Mm-hmm. Like, following an interesting story like that. And if it's like reality TV, you can frame or craft a story out of any situation. It doesn't need to already exist. Yeah. Like, I, I finished better than Reed Duke at GP Reed Duke. But no one remembers me from GP Richmond. They remember Reed right. Duke because they created a narrative around Yeah, well, that's that's the thing that, like, um, uh, I don't know if you, if you guys listen to, like, 30 for 30 or watch 30 for 30, but they had a really good one about the 2001 World Series. I think it was 2001 World Series of Poker where they televised it. But what they did was they recorded they like, they like they recorded the uh, the actual tournament, um, but then they edited it, and then that's how it got released. Like, it wasn't like – they didn't, uh, like, do it live or anything. They 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 got the shots they wanted and then spent, like, a few months editing it and then released, the, released it. And it was, like, one of the most widely watched World Poker Tours ever because they did exactly like you said, Cyrus. They found interesting people like Chris Moneymaker who ended up taking down the tournament – uh, His name is literally Chris uh, yeah, Moneymaker, yeah. and he came out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. to win the tournament. That's exactly right, yeah. Um, it's like, you can't write no, that. No, you can't. <laughs> you can't. And they thought Pat's like, changing his name to Pat Moneymaker, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's good. Pat, Pat punts a lot. And, um, but, uh, but that was a thing. As long as you're not Patrick Green, the Eternal Weekend, North American Eternal Weekend Legacy Champion. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that's how they that's how they made that, that World Series of Poker like a huge hit. Um was by yeah, uh, selling my dog was just trying to bust in my room. Was by uh, by following that narrative. So that's very important for the game. Um, we're yes. running a little long tonight, and we had some questions for you, Cyrus. But I think we have to save those and put them on the back burner for another episode. Let Let's do one, Pat. All let's right, do let me one. pick. There. All right. Let's yeah, do, all right. Fine. We'll do. Uh, we'll do. Uh, we're breezing through them. Yeah. Pat. Let's. We're, we're gonna do. We're gonna do. Uh, uh, what's it? Perfect hindsight. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, with perfect hindsight, were there any cards that just underperformed? Or were there any cards that you think would have been better if you knew what the meta would have looked like? Uh, no, my list was perfect, and I'm perfect, so. Okay. I think that uh, uh, how do you feel? Xanaswarm yeah, might be good. Xanaswarm might fault. be good. Humble. How do you feel about the new path to the PT on Moto, being able to qualify, playing Legacy and Vintage? Do you plan on trying to qualify for a PT? Oh, hell yeah. I'm excited to be on the Pro Tour next year. Awesome. Uh, do you need a wheelbarrow to haul around the massive stones it took to register Dark Rituals for Vintage Champs? 
Uh, no, I already I got about three thousand dollars in store credit. It served just fine. <laughs> Uh, what was your favorite place you went to to eat in Pittsburgh? Uh, I don't know. People kept treating me to really nice dinners, but I don't eat meat. And we kept going to like Mongolian Mongolian barbecue and like Brazilian <laughs> steakhouses and stuff. And I was like, oh, sick! I'll get the salad bar. So uh, you, let's see. You don't eat meat? Yeah, I don't eat meat. But um, wow. Yeah, wow. I ate a lot. Yeah, I only played the last year. Um, uh. I did not lose any matches that I had um, egg McMuffins without the Canadian bacon for breakfast. So I think the best place I went to eat in Pittsburgh was McDonald's. Oh, boy. I did go to meat potatoes, um, though. Let me tell you. I drank some whiskey <laughs> there with I'd shake Heiser. Uh, the vegetarian went to meat They had one potatoes. thing on the menu, so I drank a lot of whiskey. Uh, Rich also <laughs> asked about your feelings on the band list and how would you change it. If at all, we kind of already talked about that, so we're going to move on from there. Based on your experience at EW, do you think Ant... Because no one plays Test publicly, is well positioned in Legacy, or does it still need to see where the format is in order to attack it effectively? No, I, th- I think Ant's the best deck in the format right now, actually. So I think the thing is, is that everyone is kind of going bigger to beat Miracles again, um, and people's cyborg- cyborgs are like kind of shifting more towards that. Uh, I think every single Storm player I know has insane matchman percentages. Um, I-, I think at this moment, as long as you can kind of dodge Miracles or play better than them, or dodge Black Raider, Manor, and Chalice, that I think Storm is the best deck in the format. Ant is the best deck in the format right now. Awesome. And Jerry just messaged you uh, a list from someone, um, a Storm list. I don't know if we have time to go over this whole list, Jerry. I don't need to look at it. Um, we're going real I bet quick. It, give it a quick look. I bet it's, it's stupid. Sweet. And give me, uh, in five or less words, tell us what you think of this list. Right, so I, I see the name of the it's deck, and it's called Doom, Doom Frenzy. I'm going to tell you right now, it's bad. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I think this person this person tagged me in the Ant Facebook page about this, and I was testing for champs and just didn't have any time to process it. Um, here, I have uh, two words for you. Brainstorm. Brainstorm. You should play that card, because okay. this deck has zero brainstorms, and that card is... is every, everyone's allowed to play that card as a four of. They haven't banned it yet. <laughs> so if you're not playing it, you should probably be like, hey, why am I not playing the best card in the format? No, this looks like a sweet deck in all seriousness, though. I would like to get... I'll get back to you on the Facebook post about this. Cool. Um, I've played a lot of Doomsday. I think that um, you should be probably playing the card Act on Impulse, which is can help you dig into your Doomsday piles if you do not... Wait, you only have one Doomsday? Okay, I can't process this list. This is more than five words. Yeah, I'm, I'm over it. <laughs> I, this looks all like right. a sweet deck. I just don't have time to process it. No, that's fine. It's it's got it's got four experimental frenzy. Yeah, I mean, I played against that current champs. Lost a game to it. <laughs> Vin- vintage they, playable. They, they were using Chandra Torture Defiance and Koth of the Hammer to go off with experimental frenzy, and their entire deck was German foil. And I was just like, I called a judge. And I was like, you just need to stay over here. I'm like, <laughs> like they went like German foil Koth of the Hammer, and I'm like, okay, I think I know what this does, but what? They also just had a transfer and play the whole time, so it, I couldn't do it. I just lost. <laughs> so it was great. That was one of my game losses. It was like one of. My, I was like, this is how it ends. <laughs> uh, I th- I think it's sweet. Uh, Shook down. We're going to talk about this on a future episode because it's a sweet list. Uh, a little little taster for. Uh, yeah, I didn't mean to trash on the list or anything. It looks great. I just cannot process this. Um, no, it's fine. I'll, I'll give. I'll re- I'll reply to the Facebook message and and send my thoughts to you guys. Awesome. Um, all right, Jerry. Any scoops this week? Uh, scoops, scoops, scoops. Uh, no, we got Perfect. no scoops this week. Any poops? 
No, I'm I'm net neutral. Right. Net neutral. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I'm gonna scoop in the haunting of Hill House. That show was amazing. It was Jesus. so good. Uh, if you haven't watched I'm, it, I'm pooping on Pat taking the Netflix bucks without my knowledge. <laughs> it was excellent. Uh, absolutely worth watching. Uh, I'm gonna poop on Counterbalance. Not a fan of the card. Uh, should be out of the format. Cyrus, any scoops or poops this week? Yeah, Counterbalance sucks, dude. It's like the most unfun it card. It's like unfun to play because it's like it feels bad when you miss, and it's un- so unfun to play against. They didn't have my face cam for that entire ter- game, but oh my god, I wish you guys could have seen my face every time he blind flipped. I was just like, you got freaking kidding me. Um, scoops, scoops to uh, Andrew El- Um, You know, I-, I watched the Pro Tour this weekend, and you were sponsored by Cardboard Live, which is my friend Wilson and James Sue's company. Uh, and he-, he just kept saying, he's like, I don't think. I'm going to be here. You know, I didn't think I'd ever top eight a pro tour. I didn't think I would be LSV in the finals. You know what, homie? You won the pro tour. You deserve to be there more than anyone else. You're the PT champion. It was great to watch you all weekend. Um, I'm sure you won't listen to this. I don't think you play Legacy. But uh, shout-outs to that guy. Shout-outs to Cardboard Live. And shout-outs to the Storm community. You know, like, um, people kind of talk about, like, how, how, like, we can't progress the deck and things like that. I, I don't agree with that. I mean, like, Rodrigo and I and I talked a ton about the deck. All the Moto Storm Grinders. Scoops to you. Um, yeah, so scoops to the Storm community. Scoops to Andrew Elgibogan. I don't know how to say his name. And then uh, poops, poops to everyone who told everyone not to go to Eternal Weekend. Card Titan did an amazing job. And, and you know, like, I understand there's issues with the event, but that just pissed me off. So poops to you, Jeremy. <laughs> man you you gotta you, you it's good to support the format but if someone isn't a good steward of it you you know vote with your wallet that's all i'm gonna say about that i'm hoping for some sweet events i will up. say they had water for everyone they made sure to and they well, sp- that's good that's a change <laughs> and they split year. it that's into good. two days so they really i yeah scoops I mean, it, it, def- it definitely sounds like they they took advice and I scoops mean, the card titan. Everyone should go um, next year. I think they did an amazing job with this tournament. Um, it yeah, kind of sucked to get I mean, paid in store credit, but I was there to be the legacy champ. I wasn't there to get my, whatever. I mean, let's be real. Everyone who's complaining about store credit, I got second at that event. None of you were going to win any freaking matches that event anyway. It was like, oh, we're getting paid in store credit as I owe two drop. That sucks. I didn't get paid in cash money for the event I wasn't going <laughs> to cash anyway. You did also earlier in this episode admit it was the softest field. Yeah, and still played. somehow people owe two drop that tournament. Like, how'd you do last year? <laughs> Uh, I went six and oh, there was something. like twelve rounds. I forget. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I dropped after I got my third loss, so I was like six, and I picked up my third. Yeah, okay, that's loss. still pretty good. I'm just saying, like, what percentage of Magic players are actually cashing events? Like, I cashed the last two major events I went to, and I still don't expect to cash. I mean, that's that's not the thing. I mean, I think the thing that everyone really took uh, offense at was that card Titan threatened to ban players who posted negative reactions. Yeah, that was, that was pretty yeah. insane. But like they that, definitely they, they addressed that, that this year too. That, they did they? I mean, that's good. If they're making changes, I'll give them props. Yeah, they like, said that was a yeah. mistake by but, a staff I mean, member, I, and that should never happen again. Is what I saw on Twitter. Yeah. So I mean, if if they're addressing it, that's good. I mean, I, I I'm glad that they're making for a change. Um, and I think I think they realized that they had to just because like last year was just so bad. So I'm I'm really happy to hear that the premier legacy and vintage event made a turnaround and it was a much better run event. I mean, I'll definitely consider going next year. Here, yeah, I want all of you guys event. to go because I like to take people's money. So give me your money. <laughs> hey, you can't take my money if I don't play in the event. I'll show up and I'll just uh, I'll just hang out. I'll go root for you. 
I'll uh, I'll I'll also dress in a uh, green uh, green flannel and a car hood. Uh, Pat was <laughs> fanboying so hey, hard. Hey, listen in in when, the in when the, I uh, when I root for someone for when I root for someone I go first of all I go all out number one okay, and I got their back okay. And I want everyone to I know. Like, I want everyone to know. I like how Pat was also shitting on me for Sneak and Show with the Leaving a Legacy <laughs> handle. So it, it just looked funny. like I was talking was shit good. about myself. <laughs> no, people people know you're not on the, the Leaving a Legacy handle, Jerry. They know you don't you know, They know you don't get the chat. If someone wants to you sponsor me, hit me up. People love me. If you watch the covers this weekend, I'm going to make you some money. People like to watch me. I'll wear your jersey. Carhartt, shout out to you. <laughs> Channel Fireball, shout out to you. You retweeted my tweet about crushing Eternal Weekend. I know you hear me. Give me a Channel Fireball. Give me a Channel Fireball jersey. I'll go crush some events. I'll get on the Pro Tour playing that Moto thing. We'll make some money together. So, if someone wants to sponsor me, hit me up. Cyrus CGMTG on Twitter. Oh All right. I, I feel like this is The Office and Cyrus is Ryan. Like- I'm, gonna, I'm trying to be an interesting character. I'm trying to be an interesting character. Absolutely. Mix it up. Mix it up. All right. Well, you can find. Hey, that's what that's what magic. You can needs. find Cyrus at Cyrus CG. You can find Jerry at JMEE3RD on Twitter. Find me at Pet Your Glow. Stream is twitch.tv slash leaving a legacy. Find us on Patreon. Uh, find us in Hipsters. Join the Facebook group. You can email us dickpicks, leaving a legacy at hipstersofthecoast.com. Special thanks to Justin Lutz, our audio technician. And uh, I think that's it, guys. Yeah, we need to listen to this really loud screaming metal song now. Let's go. Oh, come to the come to the uh, the LAL open.